this episode of Conspiracy Fears and Mysteries, we explore confessions of true killers. Alright, what's going on, y'all? Welcome back to Conspiracy Fears and Mysteries. I just had that little background music there because <laughs> I had it and I decided to use it. But uh, I was uh, last night I was watching Dark Matters. Uh, it's a channel. You should go check it out. Very, very good channel. Um, it's called Dark Matter. And they, they do a lot of this type of things where they talk about serial killers and true crimes and things like that. Um, and they have this one. They have a series, and it's a few of them where it's, uh, confessions of serial killers, confessions, and listen, there's really nothing worse than hearing, than hearing these guys confess, than hearing these people confess, hearing them, you know, uh, just, just hearing them talk is, is crazy, hearing them talk is crazy in itself, you know what I mean, but, uh, these confessions, man, when you hear them, and, you know, I, I got to tell you, some of the stuff is disturbing, especially the last one. The last one's the one really, really, I mean, all of them are bad. All of them are bad, but they're really, you know, this is really disturbing. So I'm going to go ahead and play them for you so that uh, you can hear them. You can hear these disturbing confessions. I'm, I'm not really going to, I don't really think I have to talk about exact, I don't think I, gotta, I have to talk about, uh, you know the the their crimes themselves because and I'm just uh, because they they're confessing and you're gonna hear everything. So I'm basically just gonna tell you kind of what they did real quick in one sentence or a couple lines, so that you know. All right, the first one we're gonna listen to is Kevin Davis. Uh, Kevin Davis killed his mother and then sexually abused her body. I mean, to the point where he. Pulled her brains out of her head. This is... <laughs> oh my goodness. Welcome to humanity, folks. Welcome to humanity. I tried to strangle it with a cord. Ripped the cord from a video game console controller. That didn't work. She was sitting on the couch laying TV open. That didn't work out too well. She started screaming. And so I went to her room. Open a drawer at the very bottom to the right. I pulled out a hammer. I went back in the living room, and well, you kind of get the gist from there. And uh, she was out pretty quickly. So when when you dragged her to the the living room, I mean to the bedroom, you kept on hitting her there. Yeah, kind of. That's what happened. That's when you reached in and grabbed the brain. Yeah, I kicked out of the bed. Then I just uh, that was kind of silly, but. And yeah, I just decided to reach in and kind of just do it. Mm -hmm. And then what did you do after that? Then I had sex with her corpse. Actually, that was the first time. Oh, yeah, I lost my virginity to a corpse. Oh, man. So this guy killed his mother and then had sex with the corpse. I mean, I don't know how more... Uh, I don't know if it can get any even any more vulgar than this. Any more... Uh, any more repulsive i don't know what to say about this i mean it is what it is uh and i hate to say it is what it is when it comes to this but 
I mean, again, what I always say, there's always a sexual nature to it. Every single murder at there's at at the at the core of everything of all these crimes, these true crimes, there's always a sexual element. And a very strong sexual element. Whether it was abuse or anything else, something that was there at some point that triggered, that created this in the in these people. You know what I'm saying? So, all right, the next one is Michelle or Mitchell Blair or Michelle Blair. I don't know. Uh, she killed her kids. She killed her kids. And you're going to hear the reason why she killed her kids because she kind of explains it. Uh, to us, it's out there. To her, this is a normal thing. You know, uh, in, a, in a psychopath's world and as somebody who's insane, what they do is not what we think is insane. What they do is normal to them in their heads. They're, you know, psychologically different. They're viewing the world in a different way, in different eyes than we are. Well, let's hear her speak. Can you talk me through the, t the type of abuse that you had to suffer as a kid? You mean sexual abuse? If that's what happened. That definitely did happen to me. That's why I know exactly how I would have grew up. I told my mother what happened to me. And the only thing she said was, it's over with so what the you want me to do about it? Look at me, what I want you to do. You get what I'm saying? So all I could do is go back and sit in my room and just sit there and look stupid. I'm a kid. And I'm just telling you what happened to me. You didn't do about it. And plus, I still had to see the person coming in and out of my house. You're still friends with that person. So do you believe that the, the violent person you went on to become is a, you were a product of your own childhood? I mean, everybody have choices. So I can't just blame all that on my mom because I was still an adult. Maybe I should have tried hard to get over that. But anybody who knows me, that touching the kids, the molesting, that no. No. So, yeah, that's the problem. And this is what can happen to a kid. When like that goes. And this is the part that really gets me. I used to tell her rape is the worst thing you can do. Just make you. I tell her all the time. They used to make me feel like I was nothing. It made me feel like I wasn't. You turn around and you do that to my son, you knew exactly what she was doing to him. She knew exactly what the fuck she was doing to him. So, yes, yeah, she... And I don't care what anybody thinks. She had to go, period. Why did you take the decision to pile the bodies on top of each other in a freezer? What do you mean? Why did you do that? Well, I only had one deep freezer. I mean, take the decision to pile the bodies on top of each other. Where was she gonna go? How did you conceivably sleep at night? I slept well. Of course, at first I cried. It was up because I had to let go of all of that. I'm doing my best, Michelle, to listen to what you're saying. However, I, I need to know that you also accept that you had a number of other options open to you other than the extreme violence with which you decided to act. What do you mean accept it? You had a number of other options. There were no other options. I, I'm not playing crazy, I wasn't in depression, none of that. It's no excuse for rape, period. According to police reports, you ordered your eldest daughter uh, to, to, to physically lift the body of, of, of one of your children. No, I didn't tell her to lift the body. Can you imagine? We're talking about We're no, talking, you want to talk about your surviving children though, Michelle? Uh, you didn't ever consider turning yourself in? If my son told me 
that he did not want me to go after what happened with statement. After I killed Sonia, you really think I was about to turn myself in because of her? Hell no. 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 And you feel no remorse for that? I would kill him again. All right, so you heard her speak. She basically, her reasoning for killing the kids was because she didn't want them to grow up feeling like she does. So here's the underlying problem. Again, sexual encounter, uh, sexual situation of a, of a very negative nature, which is uh, she was molested or, or raped when she was younger. And nobody did anything. She never got any help. So you can see what this can turn into. It can manifest into something crazy. You know, it can manifest into just something that is just out of control. And there's nothing. Once you're an adult and that thing is seared and burned into your soul, your being, and you've never gotten help, you've never gotten any mental health help, any psychological help, any whatever. And you feel like the world's turning back on you. So now you have a different outlook on life. So her outlook was, well, I don't want these kids. And I'm not sticking up for her, obviously. But her her her, her way of thinking was, I don't want these kids to grow up like me and, and be thinking what I was thinking. You know what I'm saying? Or be feeling how I was feeling or, you know, anything crazy like that. You know what I mean? So... She did what she did. She went ahead and she uh, and she killed her children. And this is why, you know, you have to get help. You have to get help. Um, hopefully nothing like this ever happens. You know, I mean, it's unfortunately, you know, I could say that. But I know, we know it continues to happen. It just, it's something that, you know, is out of everyone's control. You know what I mean? Anyway, the next one is uh, Preston Taylor. It was uh, there was another. Um, his friend was involved too because he helped him. But Preston Taylor, I believe, was the one that he ended up. He killed his best friend. He killed a friend of his. Oh, I don't know if she was his best friend. I think it was one of his best friends, a female. I don't. Uh, I don't think. I don't know if he said why here, but he killed her. All right, and he's confessing in a car. He didn't know that his other buddy was recording. Oh, I don't, yeah, his buddy was recording, I guess, um, and he confessed, and he was just telling him what he did, and how he did it, and he was just so nonchalant about it, and most of these, to me, seems like it's nonchalant, it's uh, obviously very, something, something very psychologically wrong when you can talk about this, because just, for the normal person, or, well, you know, for the normal person, uh, who doesn't think like this, saying, even oh I'm gonna knock somebody I'm gonna knock somebody out is a little nerve wracking I'll, I'll you know I'm gonna go punch somebody if you're not a boxer or you know you know or in the fighting arena or you know nevertheless I'm gonna go kill someone just out of especially in this nature you know what I'm saying especially like this like you know when it's so personal like that you know with a knife or you know or when you strangle somebody that's really personal. Anyway, let's go ahead and hear him talk. So, I'm hanging out with her. She has, we, we went to the bank, she took some money out, not all of her money. We're counting out, and then she goes to walk out the front door. I took her out, drag her. My biggest problem was the dog, and her dog 
laid there and watched as I killed her. Didn't do anything. And it took me a half an hour to kill her. I thought I was going to be able to choke her out and have her out in like a couple minutes. Or you had her so tight that it was like... I pretty much hung her like... I just... I picked her up and had her just like dangling off the ground and she just pissed herself and you lose control of said my name and then that was it. So then I just, I had the, I got a shirt and I just shut it down her throat so she wouldn't throw up or anything and held my finger over her nose and set a timer. That's the only time I had my phone. And it took me like a half an hour after I hit start. On the time. But I took her out, dragged her in the back, put her in the bathroom, and then I had to go straight to work. So Preston came over, took the body, put it in the bushes. And then I get off work that night, go straight over. Uh, Preston and I go over to her house, take her safe, bring that over to my house before we do anything. Then we take her body out of the bushes and drag it over to her back fence and I crawl get into her car and I back up she had there's a security camera across the street so I had to back I had to act like her I watched her every time she backed out she does the same thing so I backed out exactly like she did and drove off in the trunk no put her in the passenger seat of her own car so I was driving and I had her buckled in in the passenger seat. So she looks like she's just sleeping. She's just sitting up. And my my plan was for me, I underestimated my own strength and how much of that body would weigh. Because it's it's weight. Yeah. I got up on top of the bridge to throw her off. And then Preston comes over the bridge, goes around, makes a U-turn, comes up behind me. The two of us throw the body over, and then we grab. You always think you're going to try these new things, and you're going to change. It didn't change. It just doesn't do anything. It's weird. Wow. So the last thing he says, you always think you're going to try these new things, and it's going to change. Um, I don't know if he was saying, I don't know if he was saying that he tried it just to try it, you know, just to see if he liked it or whatever, but, um, that's horrible. He killed his friend just for, I, I don't know if it was just, to, I mean, it doesn't matter the reason. I don't see any reason. Um, he killed her young, young, beautiful woman, uh, Think think she was in college or something. Um, I'm not sure. I, I didn't look too much into this. I just I was just I was focusing on the confessions really, but he killed her for no reason. You know, I mean, you 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 can't give me a reason unless this woman said, "Oh, I'm gonna blow up your whole house with your family in it or something," or I'm gonna, you know what I mean. And and he had like no help. He couldn't call the cops. I don't see any reason why anybody would have to kill. Or in this case, he'd have to kill her. Now, the next case is Kevin Roy Underwood. He killed a 10-year-old girl. This is why I said this last one was really bothers me. 
You know, we'll anybody who has children, and even if you don't have children, it should bother you. Children are considered to be the most innocent things in the world. Are supposed to be, right? They are until we, the adults, put things in their heads to take away that innocence. Until life shows them other things. You know, and it's actually adults who do it, not life. If you leave them, if you, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm in the, you know, I, I believe if, if a child's raised by wolves, he'll be more innocent than a child raised by humans. Um, just from the things I've seen through life, you know, throughout life and everything, you know, we have so many different views on things and ways we do things that, and lack of respect for anyone else, you know what I mean? No matter what their views are, I don't care, you know, it's it's crazy. But this next killer, man, this Kevin Roy guy, the way he describes this, and I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to give you a trigger warning in case. Uh, it's really bad, okay? Anyway, let's go ahead and listen to him. It would turn kind of violent. I'd start a... Uh kind of torturing him a little and stuff like that. Uh, How would you torture him? Uh, sticking large objects in their anus, uh, causing them pain that way. The, 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 the uh, torture was kind of a late addition because at first I wanted the body to be pretty much unharmed because uh, what I was going to do after that then was while they were still alive and gagged, I was going to uh, drape them over the bathtub and cut off their head. And uh, then hang them there and let the body all drain out, good and drained out. And I was going to keep the body around for a couple of days. I was going to set the head on my desk so it could, like, watch me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, keep the corpse in my bed, sleeping with it, having sex with it for a day or two. And then I was going to start butchering them and cooking them. And uh, hacksaw to cut open the head to get to the brain because I wanted to eat the brain and the heart and some of the organs. I, you know, I had pretty much planned all along to probably get a kid, just mainly because they'd be easier to grab and easier to get rid of afterwards, smaller, and, you know, put up less of a fight, but... Did you find her attractive? Not really, no. She was kind of... Well, she, I don't know, she just had, like... She was almost bald. She had, like, really thin hair, really thinning hair, and, and you know, she was a little chubby, and, you know, just kind of wasn't my type basically. Uh, now, when did you come up with Wednesday would be the day? Because of what I really wanted to do, I, you know, I kind of planned it for that day, but I mean, I've been planning it for like every day for like a month, pretty much. Uh, uh, on, on the first time she came home, before she went and changed clothes, you know, she stopped, she saw me stand there, and, you know, she was just like, oh, this is horrible. I had to, and I came home from school and realized I'd forgot my house keys at home and had to go back and get them. And you know, she was just complaining about how hot she was. And anyway, she came downstairs and was still, you know, she's like, oh, there's nothing when it's this hot, nothing good, like a good, you know, ice glass of ice milk. And, uh, and she, you know, kind of chatted for a minute and then asked to come inside and see my rat again. And she just sat there on the floor uh, looking at my rat. And uh, I just kind of struggled with myself the whole time she was in there. And uh, it was a struggle between right and wrong. Yeah, uh, well, or kind of, yeah, both that and, you know, not wanting to get caught, but, but yeah, it was partly because, you know, uh, you know, I can't do this, I don't want to do it, but then, you know, yeah, I want to do this. 
and there was a little bit of fear, like, hey, if I do this, I might get caught. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, that was a large part of it, too, but um, I was like, you know, I better just knock her out, you know, knock her out and, you know, then restrain her while she's unconscious. And finally, I was just, you know, look, either do it or tell her to get the hell out of the apartment, you know. Uh, and finally, I did it. And, you know, as soon as I hit her. What did she say when you hit her? That's something that's, you know, haunted me ever since it happened. Uh, she started yelling, I'm sorry. Which, you know, I'm just like, you know, what is she sorry for? She didn't do anything wrong. It's me, you know, I'm the one that should be sorry. She yeah, she, uh, like I said, she jumped, she was yelling, uh, God, I'm sorry, and, you know, uh, you know, let me go, I won't tell. And, you know, I mean, after I hit her a couple times, I finally just had to, you know, jump up and grab her, and she was, I couldn't believe how strong she was, I could barely hold her down. Uh, I mean, we flopped around, I've got pretty bad carpet burns on my knees from it. You know, I mean, we struggled, it, it took me probably 15, 20 minutes to kill her. Uh, then finally, when she was, I was pretty sure she was dead again. I uh, jumped up and grabbed the duct tape and put it over her mouth and nose because I was getting tired. My arms were getting sore from clamping down on her. And so I was going to drag her in there to the living room, but she, you know, big for her age. Uh, paper said she's like 110 pounds, and I was having a hard time, you know, flopping her over and rolling her around and dragging her around. Uh, and so I was like, well... It's a lot closer, and I don't want, you know, she's already been dead maybe 15, 10, 15 minutes, and so I don't want the blood to get all coagulated, so I'm just going to go ahead and drag her into the tub and behead her and then have sex with her body. So you you had trouble sawing her head off? Yeah, yeah, that's what, yeah, I was trying to remember where I was. Yeah, I went, you know, God, I guess to her spine, and I just sawed and sawed and sawed and could not get it last. And I was pretty much exhausted by then, and I decided that, uh, so I went to try to get rid of the body, but they were still bleeding too much, and uh, stomach contents were pouring out of the neck. And uh, so I was like, well, I'm going to let it sit here for a few hours and coagulate some more, so maybe I can move it without it bleeding everywhere so much. So I just kind of went about my business with this. I closed the door, because, you know, the bathroom, because, like I said, I was sick, you know, sick to my stomach that doing this. I didn't even want to, you know, see the cops. And... Uh, yeah, I just sat there at the computer for a couple of hours, you know, talking to her. I wasn't talking much because, you know, I was... Well, then about that same time, you know, I, I was also, I was talking to her, but I was also occasionally stepping outside, you know, helping them look for the girl. And then, you know, like I said, I was stepping out there occasionally, acting, you know, uh, like I was keeping a watch for her in case she came back while Dad was gone and talking to the manager and all that and stuff and... You know, oh, I hope they find her soon. It's horrible. You know, just kind of setting up and making myself look concerned. And then, you know, I went inside and finally finished uh, cleaning up the body. Huh. Listen, the, it's crazy how we live in a society where, you know, this is supposed to be the modern society, the, you know, uh, first world, you know, where we have justice system and things of that nature, you know, we have a justice system. Uh, and because of that, we've had to suppress natural feelings that come to us, a uh, natural feeling of vindiction or revenge, however you want to call it. 
a natural feeling of like I was I call it natural justice. Uh you know, because and the reason I say that is one had this been in a third world country, had this been, uh, you know, I've I've lived in Africa for a couple months. Um, I came from the islands, and we're back in the day in the in the country, you know, in the small towns, little pueblos we call them. Uh, even in South America, in some place, in a lot of places, uh, if this guy would have gotten caught and done this in South America or in Africa, one of those countries like that, where you know, um. He pretty much would have been uh, in in some places in Asia too, uh, and in the man in the Middle East. He would have been taken care of in the town. Like the people of the town would have really tore him up. And I'm not even saying that as a metaphor. Tear him up. I mean, uh, tear him up. Like really cut him into pieces. They would have probably burned him alive. Something I don't know how that officer who was interviewing him was able to maintain his composure because just me watching this video or listening to this uh, was nerve wracking. It was like I wanted to break my phone. I wanted to throw it. You know, I was like, "This is how do you?" He, he talks so nonchalantly about it. In the part where he's like, "Oh, I, I got rug burns." That one, I wanted to, like, I'm like, I don't even know what to say. Like, he, this guy cannot stay alive. I'm sorry. You know, I mean, I don't know. He just can't be living. He just can't be alive. He, he has no, he has no right to be alive. None. He just cannot be alive. This guy has to die. You know, they have to put him, if they put him in prison, put him in general population. Put him with the worst gangsters in the world. To put him with the guys that... The gangsters that all you know that are in there for some, um, uh, you know, just for like money stuff, but are you know, but are killers, you know, that have families. These guys have families, all right, and they will take care of this. You know, they they go they they go back to the natural instincts in the prison. I worked in the prison system. I worked. I was a CEO. For a while, you know what I'm saying, um, and uh, you know it's 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 crazy, it's crazy, man, it's crazy. But anyway, that is all we got for this episode this week. Conspiracy fears and mysteries, and as always, don't forget to like and subscribe. Follow me on social media. My social media, Instagram, and uh, ooh, I'm still I'm still shaking over about that <laughs> that last one. I'm still upset. And Twitter, conspiracy fears and mysteries. And I will see you on the next smoke.